From Bregman MD, where we're all about psych solutions, I'm your host, Linda Corley, and this is The Breakdown with Dr. B. Well, today we're going to talk about anxiety, and it's something that a lot of people are suffering from today. So, Dr. B, we've invited back our favorite Miami psychologist, and that's Dr. Joel Platter and Dr. Kathy Alsman. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you. Hi. All right. Well, anxiety is something that I know you all deal with. And, you know, everyone has had anxiety during their life. And and sometimes anxiety is good. I know that if I'm going to give a speech, you know, I get a little nervous. When I used to do live television, I'd get a little nervous. But I noticed that If I didn't have that little anxiety, I almost took what I was doing for granted, that anxiety gives you that adrenaline, that little kick in the butt to try harder. I mean, athletes talk about it all the time. Opera singers, as they wait in the wings of the stage, they're getting that little butterfly thing going, but it catapults them into success. I think today we're going to talk about anxiety disorder, a whole different animal. What is anxiety disorder? What are we looking at? Well, you know, Linda, what we're looking at is a type of mental health condition. If you have an anxiety disorder, well, you know, you don't like react to things uh, in in a way that's comfortable or appropriate. You you react with fear or dread and maybe get the pounding heart, the sweaty hands. So, you know, there's something's not quite right. You're totally right, you know. A, a little bit of anxiety is good. It, it kind of primes the pump. It, you know, it helps you out, okay? But what we're talking about here is that it's beyond kind of regular nervousness. You feel fear and, and it, it, you don't function well and you can't control your responses to situations. So now we have a problem. There's a concept of having the appropriate level of arousal for a particular task. And you're talking Mm -hmm. about the adrenal system kicking in to help you do well. But if it kicks in too much, it gets in your way. It makes you nauseous and your heart race and you're sweating and you, you can't come up with what you need to say or do. Thank you, Kathy. That that puts it all in perspective and helps our our listeners sort of uh, distinguish if their anxiety is crippling. Now, before we we started recording, um, you all were talking about the increase of patients that you're seeing with anxiety. Dr. Joel, tell us why this why you think this is happening. We, we live in an anxious time. Uh, things are shifting all the time. Uh, things that we used to be able to count on, like, let's say, being able to buy a house or, or <laughs> buy a car um, is very difficult to do right now. Um, if you if you call your uh, local plumber, you may not get called back. If you call your cable company, you could spend three days trying to get through to them. So so we live in an anxious, difficult time. Let's not even talk about the bigger socio political issues that that we're you know grappling with. You know, you experience a lot of anxiety producing. Moments, but I just wanted to go back for a second to to what Dr. Bregman and Kathy were talking about. 
in terms of an anxiety disorder is uh, distinctive from kind of normal anxiety because it, it impairs somebody's ability to function. It affects and ends up impairing the way they make certain kinds of behavioral choices. And I think that's a very important distinction when somebody is looking or wondering, okay, do I have an anxiety disorder and should I seek professional help? This is something, like I said, that almost all of us, if not all of us, have, have dealt with. And, you know, where do you draw the line as to when you, you have to seek mental health? But I, I want to quickly, because there's so many things you can do about it, I want to quickly get into that about how do you deal with anxiety? I know for myself, if I'm having an anxious moment, I'll go to a memory in my childhood. It's usually with my grandmother. And I start to think about her and Christmas dinner or her reading me a book. And the thought of that settles me down. I'm, I'm not talking about like I'm having a severe anxiety attack. But if 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 my thought process is getting a bit anxious, that's my tip. And, and we're going to get into medication, of course. But, you know, I just want for the general population listening to this podcast right now, what are some tips that they can easily do at home or at the office or wherever they're suffering from an attack? Aside from medical management, I got a real special tip. Anxiety is ruining your day. This tip really works, okay? So if you're feeling real anxious, it's the rule of 333. So the first thing is you refocus yourself with your senses. The first sense is seeing. Name three things that you see. A, a, a picture, a plant, um, a chair. L look at them because that's your sight, Okay. Then identify three sounds, the refrigerator, the air conditioner, right, the TV, and focus on them. Then move three things, such as your arms or legs, or, or touch three things, uh, such as an object, and focus on them. You know, it could be your shoulder, your knee, uh, the cabinet, whatever, okay? Now, what happened is we all talk about the art of distraction. So this is an exercise that redirects your thoughts by concentrating on your senses. It really works. Try it. Going into deep breathing. I think there are a lot of apps these days like the Calm app or mindfulness apps that, that are right there that can help bring people down. I think doing stretches. I think going on a walk. But I want to put a plug in for anything you do, doing it proactively, because I think there's a tendency to react to depression. If you are doing sensory stuff or thinking of your grandmother or breathing in a proactive way before your anxiety really takes hold, you've got a better shot. Distraction is a very good technique. And what I discuss with my clients is, first of all, when somebody's moving into a distressing level of anxiety, they're usually anxiety generating thoughts that are taking place. And, um, and, and we try to deal with that. But distraction is about replacing those anxiety generating thoughts with happier thoughts 
or happier uh, methods of distraction. Uh, put on your favorite song. Think about things that make you happy, like your next vacation. With my clients, we talked about changing the channel, and um, that matters. Yeah, that's a good one, because if you have the news on all day, I mean, that's anxiety generating as it is. But but what I'm talking about, Linda, is changing the channel in your head. Ah, changing the channel really can do <laughs> be good, too. Yeah. Let, let me ask you, as you all said, the reason why we have an increase in anxiety is because we live in an anxiety ridden society. Everything is faster. Uh, everything is more stressful. That's not going to change. So how do we adapt to that? How do we become more resilient so that we can be stronger and, and, and not be so uh, vulnerable to anxiety? That's some of the proactive part that I was talking about, that planning ahead of time, maybe I'm not going to have the cable news channel on this much, that I will take time for a walk, that I will check in on my anxiety levels to see what I need to do before they get out of control. Having things to look forward to, mm. planning fun, planning happy times, uh, put on some good music, decide, like Kathy said, proactively decide, I'm not going to get stressed out. I'm going to stay calm and, and I'm going to, I'm going to have a happy day. Um, that matters. I'd like to add, you know, that I do a lot of medication management and that's what, you know, Joel and I and Kathy, we interface with, you know, I do, you know, medical things that send people to doctors and I uh, prescribe medications and, you know, we, Joel and I, we've really seen a lot of great benefit to the medicines. Okay. They decrease anxiety. You know, there's the benzodiazepines, um, but we're very careful with them. There's the antidepressants that we use to tweak the brain kind of, to, and it improves mood and reduces stress. So I've had a lot of success with that, and even beta blockers. So there is, you know, the aspect of medical management here to interface with the things that Joel and Kathy are talking about. A lot of times when people get anxiety, it's right before they're going to do a task that they've never done before, a very challenging task. Or if you suffer from social anxiety, you know, you're going into a big meeting or you're going to a wedding where you don't know anyone and it's just panicky. In order to talk yourself off the ledge, isn't that a little bit of a, a, a talk to yourself about, now you can do this, um, you're smart, you're going to be able to have good conversation with these people, you're interesting, people are going to care about you, they're going to talk to you. Is talking yourself off the ledge also giving yourself a dose of confidence? Absolutely, but there's a step before that because when you're having anxiety, if you're having a, a kind of an out of proportion level of anxiety prior to an event like that, you're thinking things like nobody's going to like me or the boss isn't going to like my proposal or if I screw up this meeting, I'm going to get fired. And what I find with my clients, especially somebody new to therapy, 
they they may not even be aware that they're having thoughts like that. And we have to teach them to kind of become aware, to work on becoming aware of having those thoughts. And then we can help them develop the ability to talk themselves out of those thoughts or what we call irrational beliefs, because there's usually no evidence to support those thoughts. And the thing that they're the most worried about is never going to happen, has never happened. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not going to feel anxiety until they learn some of those therapeutic techniques. Absolutely. You know, I want to say this, you know, this is how uh, psychologists and psychiatrists work together, you know, that not only do people get the meds that'll help their brain, but Joel helps them and Kathy helps him with all these psychological things that he's talking about. And that's how you get great results. Kathy, any last thoughts? I just think that working what Dr. Bregman is saying uh, about working together really matters because I see particularly with anxiety medications that sometimes people are reaching for them too soon when they should try some other psychological things first. But I also see um, people who aren't using them soon enough that they let their anxiety take hold and they're in adrenal fatigue and their thyroid is off when they, if they had had the appropriate medication earlier for the anxiety, they'd be in better physical shape. Another factor, which we we really haven't gotten into, but I think is significant is that anxiety uh, can be the leading edge of depression. And um, for a lot of people experiencing distressing anxiety, they need to be evaluated for depression. And that's when very often we would refer them to Dr. Bregman to, for him to evaluate them psychiatrically. It's a complex diagnosis. So it's not just a matter of treating the anxiety. It's really looking at what, what's really going on holistically with that particular patient. Well, all good advice. Unfortunately, we've run out of time, but Dr. Joel and Dr. Kathy, we always love having you on our show. You give such wonderful, calming advice. Thanks for having us. Well, thank you for joining us. If you'd like more information on this subject, I would invite you to visit our website at bregmanmd.com. From Bregman MD, you've been listening to the latest episode of The Breakdown with Dr. B. If you'd like more information or to speak to one of our top psychiatrists, just head to our website at bregmanmd.com to book a telepsychiatry visit from the comfort of your home. Hope you've enjoyed our latest podcast. Catch you next time.